Well, uh, it's always a joy to uh, stand before you and uh, be entrusted with uh, sharing some thoughts from the heart of God. And today I'm sharing a message entitled, Get a Life. (laughs) And uh, this may be a series, I don't really know, but today's topic will be the significance of a willing heart. You see, you can't have a life unless you have a willing heart. Heart. We'll discover that in just a little bit. Amen. Let's turn to uh, a, a portion of Scripture that's very familiar to us. I don't know when the last time that you recited the Lord's Prayer, as it's called. But uh, it would be Matthew chapter 6. And I'm going to take uh, verse, verses 9 through 13 in the King James Version. Because that's the version in which most of us learned the Our Father. Is that right? <laughs> How many of you remember the Our Father? Which are yes, indeed, absolutely. It's probably one of the most famous prayers. And yet, uh, when's the last time you heard that prayer? It's been a while, hadn't it? So anyway, we're not reading the entire prayer, but there is something we're going to stop and pause because I feel the Lord has something to share with us today regarding it. So Jesus said, "After this manner, therefore, pray ye." Our Father, which art in heaven, you could say it with me. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And everybody said, Amen. So, uh, this prayer is more than just something that sounds poetic and more than just something said. Jesus said, after this manner, and of course there's a whole entire study you could do on this prayer. After this manner may mean uh, this, is, this is a pattern. So when you say, hallowed be your name, for those of you that want to study this out, you could spend an, a half hour, you could spend all day hallowing the name of God. And worshiping his name and acknowledging his name. Jehovah Sidkenu, your righteousness. Jehovah Mikadesh, the Lord, the one that sanctifies you. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord God, your peace. Is that right? Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God that heals you. Jehovah, uh, help me out. Jehovah Yireh, the Lord, your provider or in, in the Lord's provision is going to be seen in your life. Is that right? Jehovah Shama, the Lord is there. The Lord is present. All these wonderful things where you could just worship his name. In fact, from the right of the sun till the going down of the same, the what? The name of the Lord is to be praised. So you could do it all day long and we never get off a step one. (laughs) But I'll tell you, there's value in worshiping his name. I said there's value in worshiping and acknowledging and pulling virtue from his name. There's virtue in the name of Jesus and in all these names as he has described it to us. But I want to park this morning on verse Number 10, which is the second component of the Lord's Prayer. It says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Today we're speaking about a willing heart. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's so vital that we... 
park today on this word uh, will be done because if God's will is going to be done, that means that somebody else's will is not going to be done. Is that right? Now that sounds very poetic, but we need to take another look at this. Thy kingdom, thy will. It's not your kingdom. Now, now let me tell you something. Sometimes we... We think of it, we say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But what we really are thinking on the inside, can I just be honest, is thy kingdom come, my will be done. <laughs> oh, well, you'll, not very many of you uh, are as honest as I am sometimes. <laughs> thy kingdom come. And then honestly, honestly, some people is my kingdom come and my will be done. <laughs> Well, I didn't go that far. I know the kingdom is His and His is the glory. But honestly, the Lord has checked me oftentimes about not only thy kingdom come, but am I going to say my will or His will be done? I want you to turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19. And an inspiration for this came from this little book, even though we're not preaching on finances today and on prosperity. Prosperity is more than finances, you understand. But in this little uh, mini book, How God Taught Me About Prosperity, um, in page 7, he, he, the, the, Brother Hagen uh, had uh, some very pressing needs in his life. And uh, so he went to the Lord in prayer about that. And, and uh, he kept uh, saying uh, Isaiah 119 uh, to the Lord. And then the Lord kind of called him on it. So let's read Isaiah 119. It says this in the King James Version. If you are willing and obedient. Come on, say it with me. Let's do that again. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So we should all be at least intelligent enough to know when something is not working. See, uh, let, I appreciate uh, Brother Hagin's uh, honesty where he went before the Lord and essentially he was saying this ain't working. And he says, I know it's not God's uh, fault, so it, it must be my problem. And so, so Lord, what's going on? What gives essentially? And the Lord said to him, well, I noticed that you're obedient but you're not willing. So I have a question for us today, church. Is it possible for us to be obedient, which means that you're going to go through the motions, that you're going to do the right thing, but not be willing? Is it possible? I'm just, I'm just saying. Is it possible that uh, if your wife asks you, or if your friend asks you, can you help me with this, that you actually are going to be benevolent in the outward show of, yes, I'll do it, but you're grudging on the inside, murmuring all the way. Come on, friends. You know it's true. It sure is true. I love Wilma back there. Sure is true. Absolutely the truth. You can, you can do the right thing, but you can do it grudgingly. Well, like in what? Well, my goodness, uh, in serving Sometimes, you know, we uh, are called upon to do something. How about doing the dishes or cleaning up after somebody else's mess? <laughs> now we're getting down to where we live and having to clean this mess up. Or how about cleaning up? Uh, uh, yeah, let's just leave it right there. Cleaning up somebody else's mess. And those of you with roommates or family members like kids in the house. I'm sorry, kids. I'm sorry. I mean, adults are just as bad. And they leave the place a mess. And you, you, you worked on it. And you made it real nice and clean. You come back. And it's an absolute mess. 
Is that right? So, you know, you have a choice there. Uh, As you say, well, I have to clean this up. But how many, you know, that feeling on the inside, I really didn't want to do this. How about Jonah? Like, I really don't want to do this. I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to tell those people repent. And he said, okay, I'll do it. Did he go? Well, I'll tell you what, he actually went all out. He, he didn't go, and at least he was honest, you know. But then he walked out, and then, of course, he got himself into some trouble, repented, and then the, he was caught by the big fish. You know the story. But even afterwards, when he preached repentance and they repented, he was upset because God showed him mercy and they repented. So he was upset about that. How many times are you serving the Lord or something, and something isn't going the way? This isn't working the way I thought it was good. It's not my will. It was not Jonah's will for those people to be forgiven. He wanted them all fried crispy. Extra crispy. It didn't go the way his will was, but please understand, we're not here to do our will. Didn't Jesus say, thy kingdom come and thy will be done, not my will be done. Hallelujah. That's what the prayer said. And so we have uh, various scriptures. I may be uh, skipping some of them, but I'll touch one. uh, I'll just touch one. How do you know that your heart is not willing? Is it important to have a willing heart? Absolutely. So how do you know if you're not having a willing heart? Well, let me see. Hmm... Which juicy scripture? Okay, let's do it in the Amplified versions. Philippians 2, verse 14 through 15 in the Amplified version. Let's look at that one, and that would be Amplified Classic. It says in verse 14 of Philippians 2, it says, Do all things without what? And fault-finding and complaining against God and questioning and doubting among yourselves. Is that right? So, so can you just be, come on, friends, can you be honest with me today? Haven't you done something that went on your way after you did it or while you were doing it? You're like, man, that, I just wish I didn't have to do that. You know, I don't mean to wear this out, this theme out. But friends, we've got to line up our will. If you want to eat the good of the land, if you want to see the will of God in your life, if you want the will of God in your family and the will of God in your church, the will of God in your nation, we have to keep our heart right. Amen. So let's look at this. And I, I want to say thank you for coming to church this morning. I figured a lot of people are not uh, because of the game, but I promise you we'll have you out of here before four o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> I got somebody's attention on this one. So I'm on page three. It comes down to the battle of wills. It's either going to be your will or God's will. And so what I like to phrase this as, I like to paint a picture. There is an altar, and it is the altar where you're going to place somebody's will. Either you're going to sacrifice God's will, or you're going to sacrifice your will. Let's look at probably one of the most significant uh, examples of will, which I could possibly find. And that would be when Jesus... Uh, yielded his will to the Father's will. Did Jesus have a will? Was it automatic? I said, was it automatic? It was not. It was not. He was very God and very man. He was the spotless, sinless, sinless Lamb of God. Amen. 
He was given the anointing above measure, above his fellow, without measure. He had the oil of joy, and yet, did he have a little struggle yielding his will? You know he did. Let's look at that. Hallelujah. I hope this picture helps you out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's see where we're going to go. You see, I have to manage time, so hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. See, Jesus already knew, and I'm going to submit this to you. You already know what you're supposed to do. You know that you're supposed to walk in love. You know you're supposed to serve the Lord. You know, or I should say, we know we're supposed to pray. Maybe in following sessions, if, I, if the Lord gives me opportunity, a part of a Get a Life series would be Get a Prayer Life, Get a Love Life, <laughs> Get a Serving Life, Get a Praise Life, Hallelujah, Get a Dance Life. I took the dance challenge, Pastor, and I'm telling you, I've been having a time doing a dance before the Lord, in private, of course. I don't know if it's the funky chicken, because I never saw the funky chicken. I don't know if it was, well, I know it wasn't the moonwalk because I kind of saw that in commercials, but uh, I try. But anyway, I want to I look at this. Jesus already knew what he was supposed to do. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 4 through 23, notice what it says, uh, first of all, about his calling. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Therefore, when he came into the world, speaking of Jesus, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. In other words, I'm sorry, but when God asks you something and it's time to put your will on the line, it's got to be God's will and you can't substitute something else for it. Are you listening to me? Sometimes I'm going to go there. Sometimes we try to do some substitute when what's required is the will. You know, sometimes we try to do by the word, like I'm just going to speak the word, speak the word. Well, what's the will of God? Well, doesn't faith begin where the will of God is? No, what did he tell you to do? What instruction did you get from the Lord? Well, you might speak till you're blue in the face, but it won't operate because you're not following his instruction. Follow his instruction. Hallelujah. Sometimes you say, I know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to praise my way through. Praise won't work as a substitute for following His will in a certain situation. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to give my way through. Are you obedient and are you willing? Sometimes, I'm telling you, us Christians can get in trouble. We could try to buy our way into it. You do not buy your way into the life of God. First of all, first of all, it's a free gift. It's a grace gift. And we have to go to where the grace is. We don't expect the grace always to follow us just because we said so. The place called there that God tells us to go. We've got to go to the place called there. By His grace, yeah, He'll help us to go there. Amen. I don't know. Maybe I got off on... I'm sorry. Everybody's like, so you have no pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices when you're asking me to do something the substitute will not do. Then I said, this is what Jesus said, behold, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. Hallelujah. Now, it wasn't easy for Jesus to do that. And I want us to go the account of when Jesus 
when the rubber met the road. So today, heart of the bay, are you ready for the rubber to meet the proverbial road? Let's go to Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 through 46. We are going, friends, to Gethsemane in our little dissertation right now. This is in the Amplified Edition, the account of Jesus' will. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he told his disciples, Sit down here while I go over yonder and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to show grief and distress of mind and was deeply depressed. Friends, sometimes following the will of God, I know this may be as a shock to you. I thought you were a faith preacher. Well, I am a faith preacher. I'm preaching the word. Was Jesus greatly distressed? Did he not say in the book of Hebrews, Lo, I come to do your will. Is it possible that sometimes when you are doing the will of God, there might be some hard places? Is it possible that Joseph was betrayed by his brothers, thrown in a pit, sold to slavery, thrown and forgotten into a a foreign person serving a foreigner, then falsely accused, thrown into jail, then operating by the love and by the wisdom of God, and then helping people and being again forgotten? Is it possible? I'm just saying, is it possible that that was inconvenient? Is it possible that that hurt him? Is it possible that he could have gotten offended. I said, is it possible? It is absolutely possible. Sometimes when you're right smack dab in the middle of the will of God, you may end up with your hands in stocks and you're going to have to pray and praise in the midnight hour like Paul and Silas. But I thought they were in the will of God. They were in the will of God. But here's the difference. There's grace When you are in the will of God, there is grace. He will never, never cause you to go through something like that without giving you grace to do it. And I submit to you, in his Gethsemane moment, Jesus was praying. And he didn't just pray one time. He prayed three times. What did he say? He said things like this in verse 39. He threw himself down on the ground. Was this a hard day for Jesus? This is hard. Will it, is it possible that if it was a hard day for him, you may have a hard day? Come on, friends, help me out a little bit here. Let's be real. He threw himself upon the ground, his face, and he prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass away from me. He says, if there's any other way. Look, there's some things I'd rather not go through. My God, there's some things I'd rather you didn't have to go through. I know some things. You're, many of you are my friends. And, and, and we get the prayer request. There's things I really quite frankly wish we never had to go through these things. Yes, but he said, if this cup can pass for me. He says, please, if there's some other way. But he always, he finished that prayer with what? What did he say? Not my, say it with me, friends. Not what I will. Not what I desire, but as you will and desire. That takes a lot of trust. I don't know why we have to walk through some things, but if he's allowing it, that means he's going to allow some grace. Come on, friends, help me out. He will never allow us to be tempted above that we're able. I don't really, I'd have no explanation. You don't have all the answers, Pastor. You know I don't have all the answers. But I know God is a good God. And He will grant grace. And Jesus prayed not once, not twice, but three times. Let's go to verse number 42. Again, 
a second time he went and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass by unless I drink it, your will be done. And then he found, of course, to his friends, which I'm going to get to in a moment. But in verse 44, he leaves the friends again. And he went away and prayed for a third time using the same words. I thought you're a faith man. You just pray once, yes and amen, and it's over. Friends, on issues of our will, <laughs> things the harder it is, the more we need to pray. And Jesus said this, pray that you enter not into temptation. Pray. Well, what does that mean? Well, for Jesus, I believe... Well, well he, he instructed his disciples... Uh, well, they were asleep when he took them. <laughs> he took his closest three associates up to be with him in prayer. And sometimes, I, I wish it was different, friends. I really do. But sometimes, even your closest friends won't be there to pray with you. Sometimes, it's just you and Jesus. You and the Heavenly Father... Is that bad? No. It just means that's where the rubber really met the road. You know, it's not my friend's will that needs to be sacrificed. It's my own will. It's not their, the plan of God for their life that needs to be put on the altar. It's the plan that God has for my life and the plan that God has for your life. And when the, when the bottom line on everything, it's you and God. And when all the friends failed him, they just couldn't, they just couldn't hang out with him. He says, couldn't you not wait for, with me just for one hour? Evidently, they couldn't. Because, quite frankly, they didn't have, they didn't realize, they didn't really have the skin in the game. <laughs> I've done, which is to say, friends, that nobody can do your praying for you. It's so helpful Listen to me now. It's so helpful to have united prayer. And friends, don't get me, don't, please don't misunderstand me. There's power in united prayer. But in issues of your will, it's you and God. And my highest prayer for you, dear friends, is that whenever those Gethsemane moments happen, that you will get on the altar just like Jesus did. And I have something to submit to you. At Golgotha, Soldiers crucified Jesus' body. But at Gethsemane, Jesus crucified his will. And he said, I'm going to trust you, Father. This was your plan. I mean, I don't understand. Uh, every, maybe you may say, I don't understand everything, Pastor Tom. How, why is this happening to me? You, you may not understand it, but we can always say, I'm going to trust you. I am convinced of this one thing, that you are able to keep that which I commit unto you against that day, that you're a good God. Can somebody give me an amen on that? Amen. Hallelujah. He's got a plan. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's just take a minute on there. Hallelujah. So, I realize I'm not telling any jokes yet, so uh, I'm not sure this is really a laughing matter. But I will take us to Mark chapter 8, verse 34 through 35, which, if I may be so uh, honest to tell you, uh, and I'm going to take it in the Passion Translation, that Jesus said something very interesting that I just am really beginning to understand what the mystery of living uh, by being fully crucified with Christ. And what that means is, uh, 
we're going to find out in a second what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Jesus, and this is the passion, verse 34, Mark 8. Jesus summoned the crowd along with his disciples and had them gather around. And he said to them, if you truly want to follow me, you should be at once completely disown your own life. And you must also be, somebody say willing, willing to share my cross and experience as it is your own, as you continually surrender your ways. Now, one, one translate. well, let's keep going. For if you let your life go, I, I thought we were, I, I, I thought we were preaching on how to get a life. Well, this is how you get a life. Woo! This is how you get fullness of life. This is how you do it. Like, how, you, how do you do it, Pastor Tom? This is how you do it. If you let your life go for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the love that I have for humanity, for the sake of the message, you will continually experience true life. But if you choose to keep your life for yourself, you try to hang on to it, you will forfeit what you try to keep. Boy, this is really sober. I know this is not really an easy message to take. But you know what? It's like this. If you really want to, for instance, if you really want to increase financially, you have to sow. Uh, you know, that's the way the kingdom is. It, it says that there's that which withholdeth more than is meat, and that tends only to poverty. But then there are those that give generously, and what happens to them is they increase. I wish I could tell you that the way to be great in God's kingdom was so easy. It says you got to be the servant of all. You see this, uh, this backwards, it's, it's so different in the kingdom of God. And he says the way to get a life, the way to, 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 to get to where you want to be and be filled with joy and be satisfied and full of the life of God is to lose your life for him, in him. And that is, it, it, this is what it means to me today. It might mean something different if the Lord, and this is not a theological dissertation. This is just something very, very practical. When I approach my day and he says, you need to be like I am, I'm going to go and I'm going to have, I'm going to take my cross and I'm going to crucify my own will. By, with God's help, I'm going to crucify my own will every day. Every day crucify my own will so that His will would be manifest through me. It says, man, that sounds kind of sadistic. Not really. It's exactly what Jesus did. He says, I'm not, I didn't come to do my own will. I came to do the will of the Father. But here's what's real cool about that. This is so exciting. He says, you know, the works that I do, I'm not doing them. It's my Father that's doing them through me. So when you, see, when you're doing God's will, then He is obligated to do the works. When you're doing your will, then you're obligated to do the works. And Jesus said, without me, you can do, somebody say it, nothing. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Come on, friends. Oh, man, I tell you what. I tell you, I tell you what. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 31d, you don't have to turn there, but it said, he said, I die daily. So am I scriptural today? Okay, well, we're going to get to, trust me, we're going to get a little happier in a few moments. Hallelujah. Man, I could tell you, 
I, we're, we're actually doing really, really, really good on time. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into this. Uh, let's see if I recap. Oh, yeah. Here's a little scripture I hope just kind of pops in your heart. And it says, we like to quote Revelations 12 and verse 11. And I have that in the King James. And it says here, and they overcame him, being the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And everybody gets real excited about that. But then the next part of the verse, it's, you know, it is in the verse. And they love not their lives unto the death. Whoa, whoa, Pastor Tom. Well, I have, I have uh, something for you to share with, share, share with you this morning. We're not all called to be martyrs, but we, all call, we are all called to do the will of God. And we're all called and have the capacity to say, Thy kingdom come and thy will be done. In order for the Lord to work through you to get uh, to that real nasty co-worker, something's going to have to die. Your pride is going to have to die. Your you're going to have to pick up your cross like the, uh, the, the one uh, translation, the, the Jewish uh, translation uh, says, uh, t- take your stake. You have to take your stake and be crucified. You have to crucify your pride and love that person anyway. And you're going to have to crucify offense when they do something nasty to you. And then you're going to come back and just keep coming up with love, the love of God. And then you'll have the opportunity then one day to share the life of of Christ because you've done the will of God is that right you've crucified your will put his life there how about how about a, a really honorary brother or sister be it natural or otherwise. How about honoring mom or dad or kid that's just way out to lunch? And what you do is you're going to crucify your pride. And when mean things are said of you, how about Jesus when he was on the cross? Did they not say very, very terrible things about him? Did they not mock him? If you're really the son of God, why don't you come on down from that cross and save yourself? And while you're at it, save us. Hands on hips attitude. <laughs> But you know, what did Jesus say? He said, not my will, but your will, essentially. Oh, by the way, don't wait till something real huge happens to exercise the will of God. Do use little things. There's, there's 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 the lion and then there's the bear and then there's Goliath. So I'm telling you, use little lessons to to always check your will. The Lord is always working with our motives. That is the bottom line. You can narrow down Christianity to the motive of your heart. What did, the, what did one of the scriptures said? He says, and this is the end of the commandment. It's uh, love out of a pure heart with faith unfeigned. Or faith unfeigned and love out of a pure heart. So there's Jesus. That was a bad day. He's up on the cross. They're mocking him. And he says... Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Some people are hurting you so bad. They are hurting you. And does it hurt? Come on, be honest. Yes, it hurts. You may be, there might be an active hurtful situation going on right now, but you can be on that crucible of, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Can you release the will and the power? What we need is the power of God. That's what we need. We need the will of God and we need the power of God. We don't need your will and your power. I'm just saying. 
We can't save ourselves. If he doesn't do it, it won't get done. I don't know if you ate that. If he doesn't do it, it won't get done. Hallelujah. Where were we? Man, I, I, we're doing really good on time. Hallelujah. I'm just, did somebody unplug the clock or something? Because this feels great. <laughs> All right. Hallelujah. I might let you out early so you could be the first ones to beat the Baptist to the, you know, Applebee's. You could watch the game there real good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. I, want, I wanted to go over... Um, Let's see. I wanted to cover one of the patriarchs, at least one of them. And that would be great. I'm going to talk about Moses. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 through 26. So here's Moses. Moses crucified something. He basically went through that process of crucifying his own Will and many things that he had at his disposal. It says in Hebrews 11, the Hall of Faith chapter, it says, verse 24, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of uh, Pharaoh's daughter. Now look at verse 25 and read it with me. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So I want to underscore something. Was it inconvenient? Absolutely inconvenient. Did he have, did he have life pretty good? He ate the best. I thought, I thought, I thought, you know, that the Lord wanted uh, to bless me and that, that I eat the good of the land. Friends. <laughs> Uh, you don't want to eat the good of the devil's land. <laughs> I'm just saying that 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 meal will sour and and go empty. So it may look so. Never never uh, be envious of people that are doing wrong things that are not following the will of God, and it and it looks like everything's going right for them. And wow, they're just like so. They look blessed, but they're supposed to be cursed. Like what's up with that? Fret not yourself because of evildoers, because of him that prospers in his ways. What I have to say, Psalm 37, 1. For they're not going to last. It won't last. It won't. The party won't last with them, and your pain is not going to last for you. God's going to see to it that he's going to bring you through. He'll see to it. So look what it says. Choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God. Did you know that there's persecution that arises for the word's sake? Some of you have experienced that persecution in the form of family members that criticize you, that think you're nuts and, and uh, you're evil spoken. And, and maybe certain Christians that, that you th- thought would be better than that are also uh, a kind of criticizing and persecuting you for loving God and serving Him the way that you do. Come on, somebody, help me now. But look at what it said in verse 26. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had, now this is so important, he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Now let me tell you something. God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. I don't know what you're going through, but God is a rewarder. 
I don't know what you had to do in your Gethsemane moment, but God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him, that honor Him, that call on His name, that humble themselves in their darkest hour and lift up their hands that hang down and lift up the voice that that now still. And even with knees that might be trembling, they make straight paths for their feet and they put on even by faith the garment of praise. And even when they don't see it, you're working. And even when I don't feel it, you're working. And even when I don't see it, you're working. And even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody, let's worship him for a moment. Just worship him. Oh, I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. So what was the, what was the result? He crucified the, quote, earthly good life, lost his place in the royal court, thrown out of the kingdom, ends up on the back of the desert, But he met God in a more powerful way. And more than that, every time you crucify your will so that the will of God could be done, somebody else is going to get blessed. Jesus said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the pain, the humility, humiliation of the cross. Because he saw, what was the joy? You and me. Life happened. You want to get a life? Jesus had to lay down his life so that we could get a life. Hallelujah. Moses had to to lay down his uh, life so that then he could be a godsend to the Israel people and deliver them from Egypt. With a mighty hand, he brought them out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said with a mighty hand. And it says that there was not one weak or feeble among their tribes. They spoiled the Egyptians. Hallelujah. Oh, I just got something from that. You want real treasure? So what he did is he gave up the treasures of Egypt for himself personally so that the entire nation could spoil the Egyptians on the way out and they spoiled and got all the treasure there's the treasures there's the treasure right there I never saw that before so you have a choice and I have a choice either be blessed us for and no more and do your own will or do the will of God and bring help and salvation to a generation, quite frankly, that needs it so terribly bad. I've never seen such broken relationships. I've never seen such broken hearts. I've never seen people so confused. I've never seen kids so confused. My heart is broken right now. But I'm just sharing a part and a piece of what the Father's heart is because He's working, He's working, He's working in this generation. Hallelujah. To heal families. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's worship Him. Let's worship Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. So I am going to close.
with uh, Joshua, another person that exercised his will. And it's, uh, what, 10.07. We'll be out of here in just a couple minutes. It says here... uh, uh, in Joshua chapter 24, verse 14 and 15 in the King James Version. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Friends, God is doing a new thing in us. This is not only just because it's a new year, but there's a new chapter for you, friends. New things, new things, new things He's doing for us. And we need to step into it individually. We need to step into it corporately. And in some cases, we do have to do exactly what this says. We have to forget the former things. Instead of it's like hanging on to something that is outdated and doesn't work. Like Brother Hagin, he said, this doesn't work. Something is not working. <laughs> right? He let it go. And he, the Lord was able to minister to him. What did Joshua say? Instead, he said, uh, where are we? And verse 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Like, for reals, folks, if you really think that it's better on the other side, away from the Lord, doing your own will... All right, fine with you if that's, if that's what you're going to do. But here are these golden words that resonate throughout the millennia, which says, what does it say? Hallelujah. Let's see. I can't let this go. But uh, seems you choose you, everybody say it, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served, which were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But, everybody stand up, everybody stand up, stand up. But, come on, stand up, stand up, stand up. But, 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 as for me, as for me, as for me, and my house, and my house, and my house, we will, we will, we will, I will, I will, I will, now say it real strong, serve the Lord. Lift your hand to the Lord right now. I will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Carro toco la maya.